Let's review this, Mother. Zoom Pod- edition. Podcast, oh, yeah, podcast edition. Never mind. Episode, Episode five. five. Yeah. Five. Look yeah. at us go. <laughs> five whole episodes. You know, that's got to mean something. It's no, not November. Uh, we well, can't just bad time to, to be a squirrel. <laughs> and that's how we did it, folks. <laughs> that's how we got to five episodes. <laughs> that sort of roll dull esque humour. I was looking at the stats of our previous episodes because I didn't realise they break down on Anchor, our wonderful service. They break down the figures of when people are listening and when they're doing other things on their device at the same time or when they just skip through sections of the show and we've had <laughs> i think at least two of the podcasts we've had guests on last time it was the great will taylor on the show yeah. and uh, i was looking at the figures of when people were listening to just us compared to when he was on and when he's being interviewed it's a hundred percent everyone's <laughs> listening and when it's just us it's 65 percent so we we are 35% less popular than our guests. So, I mean, there will be a guest on, on this episode as well. And, you know, we can just know that, that no one will be listening to this bit at all. They'll just be frantically skipping through until the guest appears. The guest could be anyone. And now, ladies and gentlemen, Rose West. To be fair, actually, that would be, that would be a bit of a coup to have Rose West. Did she not die with, didn't Fred die? Well, I don't think they died together. It wasn't Thelma and Louise. I think she is dead, though. I don't know. We'll get one of our research team. I mean, in the old days of the chat show in the UK, the person hosting would be, you know, a bit dull, a bit of an old duffer, and people would just wait for the guests to come on. And like Parkinson, people didn't tune in to watch Michael Parkinson do a scathing monologue about the week's news. Yeah. He was just a, a dull, dry bloke. And he would say, now, ladies and gentlemen, here's John Cleese or something. And that would be the bit where the show got interesting. So maybe we actually are, between us, a young Michael Parkinson. But we're trying to, you know, to rival Graham Norton and Alan Carr. And it's a fool's errand. We're Michael Parkinson and John Cleese without John Cleese. I, I think of us as, like, little and large if we were both little. Will's no big, fat, drunken, funny one. Yeah. There's no comparative element. No. It's just, it's just no... same. <laughs> that's funny. That's, that's funny. You see, <laughs> you, more of that. Here we go. Be, we could tour all of the old working men's clubs. <laughs> hey, well, let's go straight into Jeffrey Dahmer. I, I think we should. I mean, come on. Let's just not muck around. Let's go straight in with the top stories. So, you know, he died in prison. Speaking mm. of Fred and Rose West. Sure. I think Fred didn't die. Never mind. Carry on. Okay. Uh, speaking of Rose West, uh, <laughs> Jeffrey Dahmer died in prison. Uh, I was reading an article uh-huh. about it, and it said the ambulance or the doctors rushed to his side. And you kind of mm. think, did they? Like, did they rush when they heard that serial killer and cannibal of people Jeffrey uh-huh. Dahmer died. They, oh my God, Jeffrey! Someone get <laughs> the paddles. Me, are you saying you would have done a sort of light jog? I'm saying it would have been a very slow trip back in the ambulance. 
Uh-huh. They probably wouldn't have put the lights on. They would have let the other people merge. Yeah, yeah. It's got to be a bittersweet moment for the surgeon as well, if he says, Yeah. He's back. He's alive. <laughs> We've got our heartbeats. You know that guy that had sex and ate all those kids? I saved him. <laughs> I brought him back. I, uh, I've got good news for you, by the way, Will. I've just heard from our researchers. And while Fred is dead, Rose is still very much alive. So oh, we, can, we can set up a Zoom link with her now and uh, see if she's got any material on, on Jeffrey Dahmer. I wonder what different serial killers think of each other. If they're like competitive. Yeah, but rival sort of Pepsi and Diet Coke. Who's the Diet Coke of Dahmer and West? Sounds like a, it's um, a nice law firm, I imagine. <laughs> Dumber, Dumber, it, it sounds legit. It does, doesn't it? It does. Um, that would be how they get... What a shame, shame they couldn't have used the, their minds for good instead of evil. I think that has to be <laughs> the point of reflection. Think of what they could have done. They could have set up a lovely law firm in Canterbury or something. You think in the trial, the prosecutor was like, you could have been up here! <laughs> it's going to be you, Darba and or West. I hope that gives you a sense of reflection, Jeffrey, on what you could have become. Stop picking your teeth for bits of human and think about the life you could have taken. Um, yeah. Imagine not liking people. It's, like, it's, it's a big risk to take to start eating a person. The, and then sure. imagine if you're so, ugh. So well, it there's no have- going back. It doesn't have to become your métier, does it? You know, it's not like uh, an old rocker being asked to play stuff from their early albums and kind of like, guys, I'm so much more, you know? I mean, it's like Sting. I'm so much more than Roxanne and the police. Look, I, you know, I play on a loop now. Jeffrey Dahmer wasn't going around being like, well, I feel so pressured to live up to this sort of the homosexual cannibal. Yeah. I think he... (laughs) I don't know. I think if Jeffrey went on Kimmel, I think a lot sure. of the questions would be cannibal-based. Yeah, but that's Kimmel for you. I mean, <laughs> He's a stickler. <laughs> He's a very poor interviewer. And I think if, if it was a more live-wire approach that we take with our guests, then we'd, get, yeah. we'd, we'd bring out a different side of Dharma. You know, I'm just saying that if we mounted a US talk show, obviously the guests would be more sort of serial killery Unless you know latest rom com star, but I, I the think content you do we both. produce. I think I think West and Jennifer Aniston would get on like a house on fire. <laughs> I wonder what film they would make together, Rose West and uh, Jennifer Aniston. Breakup. So I I quite like Breakup. I think Vince Vaughn was at his best <laughs> in Breakup. You think that was uh, that was Vince Vaughn's prime. If we talk about Rose West and Vince Vaughn, she could have been the dead mum in Psycho, the mm. Psycho remake. I think she would have nailed that. Sure, that no, that's true, and that could have been a sort of a sort of like a film buff thing of like you know, interestingly, <laughs> the woman who plays the corpse of Norman Bates's mother was serial killer Rose West. Nice little Easter egg for the people watching. That that cadaver produced several cadavers of her own. <laughs> the um, fun red carpet question. 
<laughs> I hear, Rose West, that you have some good experience of death. <laughs> oh, well, who brought that up, eh? How did you hear about that? Um, Vince Vaughn, a couple of years ago, he was mounting his comeback, which I think even he'll admit, he didn't quite stick the landing. Um <laughs> But he gave an interview for, um, I think, GQ. And it was one of those, you see quite a few times now, of an actor giving an interview. And just halfway through, they suddenly go into territory which just absolutely destroys their career <laughs> in about two sentences. Because he was talking about gun control. And he said something like, yeah, no, I don't, I don't support gun control. Guns are the best way we have of defeating tyranny. Getting rid of guns is like, if you want to stop people getting fat and destroying all forks. And, and and it was just, and that was that. And it, was, it was like, Vince, you're in dodgeball for heaven's sake. What are you doing? Just, just say, oh, I'm in true detective. Goodbye. What, what? what kind of interviewer lines up a series of questions with Vince Vaughn? And it's like, well, make sure to quiz him on gun control. <laughs> Whatever you do. This is, you know, we're in we're wedding in... crashes. <laughs> I want to know what he thinks about Sandy Hook. Well, you know, I mean, obviously the thought was here we are in, you know, very divided times in American history and we want to hear from America's sweetheart, <laughs> a movie star as beloved now as he ever was, Mr. Vince Vaughn, Fred Claus. Should we let children in high schools be shot? <laughs> yeah, we should. The problem now is it's very difficult to double back on your words in this media mm. landscape. So now he, he just has to double down. On yes. loving guns and hating forks. <laughs> that, just, that just has to be his whole career now. I don't think he hates forks as much as he loves guns. <laughs> In some ways, they're not the sort of the polar opposites that <laughs> that, that sentence would suggest. That's not the second aim of the NRA. Guns everywhere, forks nowhere. You go to certain... <laughs> places in Colorado and say oh can I get I've got a knife with the steak it was like yeah and you've got your nails son dig in <laughs> you're hearing this Vince <laughs> oh boy what's a fork <laughs> we got your back um and sure enough you know three years later he was making a film with Mel Gibson I, it's, a, it's a very slippery yeah. slope what do you think Vince Vaughn thinks of the spork oh that's the I mean, if only we had him on here to ask him. I'll say one thing about the spork. Is it, so, sorry. So the spork is one side of the spoon, the other side's the fork? Well, I bet it's, it, it's got prongs as well. I'm going to Google it to remind <laughs> myself what a, what a spork it's the, looks It's like. the Vince Vaughn and Owen Wilson of the cuisine game, Tom. It offers so much and yet so little. You see, because I have, I have a spork in my house, which is one end of it is a spoon and one end of it is a fork. And I'm told... Well, like a kind uh, of dark by... wall. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Do you, you know, make and the that, noise? And... Yeah, of course, every time. <laughs> time to enjoy this minestrone, <laughs> mother. And these bits of sausage as well with my fork end. Zhoom! <laughs> Vince, when are you going <laughs> to um, grow up, Vince, for heaven's sake? But yeah, I have one of those, but for some people, for some spork hardliners yeah. like Vince, you know, it has to be a spoon with a bit of a fork on the end of the spoon. Yeah. Which, like, two prongs of a fork sticking out, which for me 
they're very zealous these sport clubbers but yeah. for me that's always felt a bit dangerous you know what if you're having mushroom soup and you stab the ceiling of your mouth and then you bleed everywhere profusely <laughs> Vince Vaughan is two prongs short of a fork <laughs> in many ways I think that's that's where his trouble lies you should tell him that you, next time you see him Vince mate I say this with all respect you're you're two prongs short of a fork two prongs short of a fork and you need to book the next flight home no one wants to see your new film review this mother so I've been watching Queen's Gambit sure. the, the new chess show I'm not, I'm not really sure the new chess show does it justice <laughs> it also implies that kind of like we have one every few months Netflix's is brand new chess show <laughs> i also watched the first episode so i we can chat about it sure the score well it, it inspired me to you know, watch a documentary about bobby fisher sure who's the american grandmaster slash world champion mm. who after 1972 had a complete mental breakdown and life was then hilarious for about 40 years right could you could you on did you know much about bobby fisher i know the name and i was aware of uh, quite a somber documentary that came out about yeah. his, his struggles with mental illness so well he he became violently anti-semitic uh, right despite being jewish himself he the went Shapiro on approach <laughs> But he's not even smart enough to be good at chess. Eric, yeah. carry out. He became enamoured with Mein Kampf and the protocols of the elders of Zion. Oh, God. That's quite seriously anti-Semitic, isn't it? He got very obsessed with the idea of a global Jewish conspiracy. That just didn't invite him in? <laughs> yeah, so I, I'm in it because I'm the best chess player. But no one else. <laughs> just be old Bobby. That would be quite a sweet conspiracy theory, isn't it? That there is a global conspiracy and you're running it. And it's housed by one, one Mr. Bobby Fisher. This is very weird promo, Bobby. You can just say you're good at chess. It doesn't have to be a global conspiracy. He okay. became very anti-America. Sure. Um, and there, there's a rather bizarre phone-in interview there's a Philippines mm. news show where it's, it's Bobby Fisher laughing over the towers collapsing. Right. Sorry, were they interviewing Bobby Fisher at the same time? It was like a day after or later that day. Oh, okay. It wasn't sort of, oh, oh my God, this is happening. Someone, someone <laughs> get me Bobby call? Fisher. <laughs> get me Bobby on line one. <laughs> we have him on speed dial. It's eight. Cool Fisher boss. here. <laughs> Let me give you my hot take. How does this relate to chess? Well, the Mujahideen are always 12 moves ahead. He then, he played an illegal game in Yugoslavia. Um, because an Yugoslavia, illegal game? Well, Yugoslavia was under a UN embargo because of the war in Yugoslavia. Oh, okay. Oh, I see. Okay. Um, so it's not that went, the game of chess was ever illegal in Yugoslavia. It was too hot for TV for these moves. <laughs> There are kids watching Bobby. Stop licking the pawn. And then he got, he moved to Japan. And then they tried to extradite him to the US. And he got given sanctuary in Iceland. Oh, very nice. He flew over. They said, oh, hooray, Bobby's here. 
and there was mm-hmm. like a massive press storm when he came out and then he immediately went into a really anti-semitic rant like straight off the plane there was no like hello it's bobby glad to be here in iceland it was straight away with the global conspiracy again it was, it was like he'd read travel planet and their number one recommendation was once you land in iceland go straight into kind of aggressive conspiracies yeah no that's why they eventually pulped that guy <laughs> because it just and then the airport was just clogged with people being like well, well before i get out of my taxi i'd just like to say that's a dark uh, time in the history of travel planet 10 things you have to do <laughs> when you land there aren't many sort of normal chess players are there i think because so much of it is about like paranoia and finding patterns where there aren't patterns which is then a kind of perfect lead into a, a life of conspiracy theory. Yeah, because I used to feel quite ashamed because I, I was signed up at, at school to go to chess club when I was like seven. And I was so bad at it that the guy told me that he didn't think I should keep coming. And at the time, I felt quite sad about it. But now I think I, I probably passed some sort of psychological exam. I lacked the grip of paranoia to think <laughs> that, the, that the person I was playing against had any scheme to beat me at the game. I was sort of like, oh, well, you know, if you're going over there, I'll go over here. Don't want to crowd the ball, do we? Someone runs over halfway through the game. Did Bush do 9-11? I don't think so. Get out of here! <laughs> yeah. Let's review this, Mother. Guest uh, edition. Guest edition, number two. Number two, guests. our second guest. And, uh, well, how could we top Last week's only one man you bring in when you want to top the, the Holby City star is, of course, Adam Flood. How are you, Adam? Oh, my Lord. Thank you for having me. It's, it's an honour to be number two. I'm, I'm feeling good. How are you guys? Oh, all the better for seeing you. You've never been on Holby City, have you, Adam? No, I haven't, actually. Is that, do, was I supposed to have done that as homework? We gave it in a sort of a list of things you needed to do before this appearance. Yeah. It would be a good niche for a podcast, I think, just like yes, really yeah. small characters in Holby City. Well, don't, don't fall off our previous guest, because he's one of the only people who listens to the show. <laughs> he had an episode arc. People on Twitter loved him. I think Holby City guy, who he's not even in this podcast and he's had more airtime than me. <laughs> <laughs> he made such an impression both on us and on our listeners. You know, any guest would struggle, even though we haven't actually named him. Are we not allowed to? Are we banned? It's like Voldemort. There's an injunction. The podcast now has been removed, and we just have to say, an actor who appeared in Holby City. This is like a podcast version of Rebecca, where we just (laughs) invite guests on to talk about how great our first podcast guest was, (laughs) and make them feel really awful about themselves. Yeah, our first guest would never have made that joke. Shit, I don't even know if I've seen Holby City you've been advertising sex toys yes well that's why i've been i'm I'm not gonna lie to you boys you don't seem to have any sponsorship you need to get some sex toy sponsorship because and we have sponsorship we are sponsored by the aa guide so drive safely everyone (laughs) we we just have to do that every so often how old are your listeners if that's the only they must be 16 all of them sweet 16 that's our demographic sweet 16 how did the marriage yeah. between joke boys and sex toys yeah so um, for for your 16 year old i'm a comedian and I, 
do some uh, comedian sketch stuff, I guess, with a guy called Blake AJ. We did an Edinburgh Fringe show together. We hung out quite a lot at the Fringe, Will. We sort of helped promote each other's shows. Your show was kind of consistently better than ours. Yes. Turnout-wise, yeah. Turnout-wise, yeah. Content-wise. And and content. I think um, many more people should have seen you lambast kind of Mexicans. Was that the main arc of what you were saying? I can't remember. I mean, I came to one show. I was like... It was in my really anti-Mexican phase. Glad you've got past that, by the way. Yeah. Not wearing a sombrero sardonically on the Zooms. You got a review, Will, by someone in the Edim- on the Edinburgh website. I think it just said, Will could be a good comedian if he wrote better material, which I think gets to the very heart yeah. of the matter, doesn't it? I've mastered the being on a stage. And having a microphone, even. Trousers are done up. He's, he's doing... Actually, that's bad in a lot of comedian circles, I think, in America. What, having your trousers done up? Yeah, it seems to be the American comedians. I mean, I don't do stand-up, but I think as a general rule, you should have your trousers undone. Because if you're not getting any laughs, you can just, you know, drop them. And that, that's a laugh. That's the big clothes. That's the big clothes. It's the big open. It's everything in between. No. I'm sure Jacques Tati would have been kind of wonderful in a burlesque show. He had all you the kind of physicality just... of it. it... This is light comedy, Will. You can't just you can't just say Jacques Tati and expect people to be like, oh, superb. We're trying to appeal to the BBC Three commissioners. You have to do that again and and mention a more familiar name. Um, did the did the people who own the sex toys not think to link together with like someone on OnlyFans? Yeah, I I think it's maybe because. Um, I really don't understand why they've chosen us to advertise their sex toys. It makes no sense, which I, I guess that's kind of why they did it. Um, and budget, probably. Have you been sent the, the products yourself? Yeah. Uh, I've got a butt plug in right now, is what I'm saying. No, I thought so. I thought so. Yeah, I don't know. So we've got like double-ended dildos. We've got, uh, we've got fleshlights. You know, I've heard of what those things were. I've never seen one. They're like real people's vaginas molded like real porn stars vaginas it feels very sort of american psycho how do they mold the vagina well i think you get some you like candle wax i don't know i'm not an expert but i think (laughs) you make a sort of a roux you know like if you're making a macaroni cheese you make like a light roux Uh uh, and you sort of baste that on um the vagina then, hey, presto, you send it to Steve in Barkingshire. Do you think any children have made, you know, like a kind of macaroni cheese frame for a picture, but they've done it with the kind of before vaginal material of a fleshlight and then presented to their mum thinking it was macaroni cheese? I'm almost certain that that's happened, yeah. So we, we, they basically asked us to do a few um, and we're doing some more. So it's quite nice. I mean, it means one or two things. We're getting paid to do some work as a comedian, which is rare. And then the other thing means that the only content I'm putting out online is sex toy related stuff. I'm not sure if it's clear that we're always advertising them. So I think that people just think that I'm just, I've got loads of dildos. Yeah. Have you had any sales? I don't know. I'm, I'm not, I'm not also selling the dildos. I'm not, 
It's not your company that you're advertising. Yeah, it's, it's not like Avon with like makeup. I'm going like door to door with rubberies. I'm just making dumb videos. If if we were looking for a, a stocking filler, which toy would you recommend? Are we thinking Gran? Are we thinking Auntie? Like what sort of? One for each member of the family, really. I mean, we've got time. You know, I've got the whole family waiting next door. I need like seven objects to put in the sack. What should I get? Right. So I think you've got to be getting the rampant rabbit out there. It's a classic. It, I it beg looks... your pardon? The rampant, the rampant rabbit? Yeah. So it looks like um, three sort of dildos in one. You know, if you were skint, you could kind of pass it around the whole family. They could all, you know, it's one pair of everyone in one one. Sort of large intrusive end which I guess is for the anus. Mm. <laughs> uh, some other bits and bobs. I think one's for your lower back in case you kind of, you've hurt yourself there. Um, oh, so it's so, so like a massage element to it? Yeah, I think so. I think you can kind of use it in any which way you'd sort of prefer. There's one setting for stirring sort of soups. Um, stirring soups? Review this, mother. Got some breaking news. So diving okay. to share helps to relocate the world's loneliest elephant. How did we know it was lonely if we didn't know where it was? Why do you think we didn't know where it was? She hasn't well, just found it. It's 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 been, it's been there for it helps a while. relocate the world's loneliest. Oh, I see. Sorry, I thought <laughs> I thought literally there was an elephant that had gone missing that we were like, oh no, we need to get it back. Share found it. Oh, I see. Share, share moves the elephant closer to other elephants. With the help why of did, a team. Why? I'd have thought there was a team. I'm wondering how much credit we should be giving share. How do we know that it was lonely? Uh, well, I guess that's the that's kind of existential question you've got to ask yourself when you go to a zoo. I suppose mm. when you see an elephant on its own and it's kind of hitting its trunk against a wall. I think if that was all that was in the zoo, I'd question if it was a zoo. And it That's true. Someone with an elephant. How many animals does a zoo need to have before it's a zoo? At least two. At least two? I don't know if that's a zoo. I think that's still a room. As long as it's two very different animals. Yeah. If you yeah, have you two got... elephants, you just have two elephants. Mm, if sure. you have an elephant and a penguin, is this a zoo? Yeah. <laughs> Where's the gift shop? So you need two animals from remarkably different climates, and yeah. then it's a zoo. Okay. Sad, out of place animals. Then I'm happy, you know. I uh, this isn't relevant, but when I went to the zoo when I was five years old, I wrote a story about it in class about watching elephants bathe together, and my teacher said it was brilliant, and I was sent to the headmistress's office, and she she gave it a special stamp, and I think that's the last time I was ever happy. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give that story a stamp. That was really Well thank you, Adam. Do you think the elephant man ever went to a zoo and like ran in the exhibit and said, I'm home, I'm home? Kind of like jumped up and Do down you... like a, a boy at Christmas. Because that, that's um, how I think John Hurt should have played it at the end of the film. But... <laughs> that's the alternate ending that they wrote for the American audiences of Anthony Hopkins flying John Hurt to yeah. Cambodia and letting him <laughs> roam free. And they run for election and they get rid of Pol Pot and instead it's, it's the elephant man is the benevolent the dictator. Man. Yeah, that, that's what I would have liked to have happened rather than he died mm. tragically. Yes.
I don't think that the Elephant Man actually did look much like an elephant. Yeah. John elephant. Merrick, to use his name. I don't know a lot about the, the Elephant Man, so I'll, I'll wade in on this. The, sure. <laughs> did he call himself the Elephant Man? Is it a self-styled pseudonym, or, or is, he, is that sort of a playground? People are like, you know, you look like an elephant kind of thing. I don't think it was him trying to get the joke out there. Get ahead of the joke. Get ahead of it, yeah. yeah. I know what you're thinking. thinking, <laughs> <laughs> who let bloody trunk boy in? Yeah, hello, how you doing? No, I think it was a crude nickname spun upon him when he was trying to, you know, tr- trying to socialise. Go to the shops. Mm. They were like, ugh, who's this elephant man? <laughs> I went to the um, wildlife photography of the year exhibit in between our two lockdowns and there are right. there are some there are some great pictures of the elephant man and there are but there, there why are is pictures. he in why is he in there what is that that's he's a man he's a man that's they really didn't get the point of the film <laughs> did they the whole point is he's a man he didn't it's 2020 we should be saying he's a man unless he is a photographer and he's done a selfie and he's like i'm a wildlife photographer famous line is i'm not an animal he's literally being <laughs> I'm an animal photographer. <laughs> <laughs> That's maybe the line they cut out. Is that I'm not an animal photographer, and he's been pigeonholed as as a photographer. Yeah, I take portraits as well. I'm very adaptable. So you I went, went to, to the wildlife photography exhibit. Mm. There's like a best of like under eleven section, and I always find it really funny because in the description next to the picture, it'll always say like little Tim and his dad or like Sarah and her dad and mm-hmm. I can't believe that a nine-year-old actually wants to take pictures and I just imagine it's like a really angry ex-photographer who never got any success now goes outside just like take a picture of this lemur Jane and then makes her enter an under 11 best of I used to take pictures all the time as a kid but I never developed any of the pictures and now I think the the film has decayed so I don't like to be too portentous about my own abilities, but I do think that, you know, society has been deprived of what well, I could offer. Well, who knows? I went to a zoo in between lockdowns. I went to my mum's 60th birthday and for her 60th birthday... And we went to visit her in the, in the cage. <laughs> the hippo she is. And we wallowed. <laughs> um, which zoo did you go to? That's the zoo. My family are from Stoke, so we went, we went to Chester Zoo. I was surprised that she wanted to go to the zoo because, you know, zoos are on. I thought zoos were cancelled. We've cancelled zoos. You know, culturally we have, but as a business model, they still very much exist. Well, but this is the thing, right? I went to Chester Zoo and I went thinking, yeah, my, you know, firstly I'm thinking my mum's an idiot hippo for wanting to go to the zoo on her birthday, her 60th birthday. Uh-huh. And I was like, the zoo's going to be bad because all the animals are sad and, you know. But they've really owned the narrative of that it's about conservation. It's very convincing, whether or not it's true. Like, we're, we're conserving the beautiful nature by dragging it, the polar bear, to Chester, where it belongs. <laughs> I'm like, man, they've got a good gift shop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no animal rights protester can hold their resolve when they see that gift shop. Yeah. I mean, anyone I've ever met from Chester hasn't had that much interest in of being in Chester themselves. 
there's a huge parallel between the polar bears and the actual dwellers of, of Chester. And I think that's the point, really. Yeah. <laughs> they should do a TV, you know, like, uh, what is it? Wife swap, but just all the polar bears to Chester and all the Chester people to, to the Arctic. And do you think, do you so think it's like a, a weird cuckold kind of fetish where a, a man watches a polar bear have sex with his wife and thinks, finally, something has rejuvenated our woeful sex life? So this is this is a version of of wife swap where instead of another man, she's gone to live with a polar bear, and it goes so well that <laughs> she ends up. But surely he's also with the with the bear, or is he with the like the zookeeper? What what you know? There has to be two swaps, doesn't there, for wife swap? So like Kevin from Chester is with a. A kind of a, a set of cubs and a polar bear woman in the <laughs> Arctic, and the polar bear wife. No, the man, the man, and the wife is in in, in Chester. I think it, it would be a better indictment on kind of climate change and conservation, where they brought in a polar bear into the married bed with the woman, and then Kevin from Chester said, "Oh, where do I go?" And he said, "Well, there's no one left, Kevin. We've killed all the polar bears." There's no swap for you. You just have to leave. Okay, I, the idea between of wife swap is that two wives swap home. It's not yeah, but the, this hus- is po- the this husband. Is a polar bear version where there aren't the enough polar bears to go round, and it's a tragic no, indictment, hu- Tom, of the husband the doesn't of the go Arctic. anywhere. <laughs> the husband stays. So what happens is his wife is sent to live amongst the polar bears. He's just alone watching a live feed of his wife amongst the bears. In a horrible clockwork orange twist, he has to watch them make love for hours. <laughs> it's a vile show. Does that happen in the episode? Or is that, you get a bit, bit jarring after episode three, and you're like, well, they always do this at the end. They always, they always <laughs> end up making love in the cave while the husband cries via satellite feed. Very one note. <laughs> That's the natural extension of Gogglebox, isn't it, really? A family watches TV while the polar bear watches them. Yeah. So I, I did a kind of setup line and then got bored and didn't do no, the punchline. You do that quite a lot, Will. It's, it, <laughs> that's why BBC Three didn't want you for their panel show because all you did was just set up. It's like a game of chess with you. You've got all of the pieces. It's like, oh, what, when's he going to move them? <laughs> anyway. Next story. Um... Lord goes to Antarctica. Lord goes to Antarctica. She's announced plans to release a soft cover book documenting her 2019 trip to Antarctica. It's an 100-page photo book of her journey. What what was the purpose of her of her trip? Trying to find uh, her mind. Trying she, to find her <laughs> What did you say? <laughs> trying to find her mind. I see. I'm, so, I'm sorry, Adam. I keep missing your punchlines. I do apologize. <laughs> it's always on little things that you like, you know, this quip as opposed to da 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 da. You're like, say it again, boy. I know. <laughs> say it again for our listeners so they can hear it. The guy from Albi City, he bloody smashed it every time. Clear as hell, very concise. He, he barely talked about nuts or cum. It, it was the perfect. <laughs> We brought you on, Adam, because, you know, the complaints last week were, where are the nuts? Where's the cum? Always a great deluge with flood. (laughs) I think you should do a stand-up special called Adam Floods the Zone. 
Mm-hmm. What's the that's it. What else goes on? Is it just that's it, basically? That's it. It's because flooding the zone just means like you put out a lot of information about something, not all of it helpful, which yeah. I think is what stand up essentially does. <laughs> yeah. It's not helpful. If anybody you know is turning for help to stand up, then <laughs> they need to sort their goddamn shit out. I don't know if you've seen Netflix's Nanette, Adam, but, uh, you know. Yeah, but then you're watching that, looking for stand-up, and then help arrives. You don't go there being like, right, does anyone know anything that can help me with some severe trauma? Let me watch a few specials. Oh, watch this, uh, this one with Chris D'Elia. Oh, that didn't really help. Well, what about this one? Um, oh, perfect. This one by Hannah Gadsden is exactly what I needed. Uh-huh. Speaking of Chris D'Elia, I was, I've been reading a book about child marriage. Um, not, not that I'm sure he ever tried to marry any of his, the women he um, texted. I do mm. think it's always very important to do a lot of research before big life choices, you know? So good on you. Well, you've been reading a book about marrying a child. Which book is it? <laughs> it's child marriage for dummies. You don't want- <laughs> You don't want to walk down the aisle with a head full of regrets. Sure. My issue with child marriage, um, well, my, my, fourth, my fourth issue, I'd say there are others above it, but um, uh-huh. what are the conversations like? What are they talking about in a marriage? This was a lot of it. Mm. You have to be like talking to each other. Like, it's like a 40-year-old man talking to a young person about school. Like, what are they? How are the days? That's why child marriages are always failing, because there's so little to talk about. There's an epidemic, Tom, of child divorces in the world that Mm. does not get spoken about with the reverence I believe it deserves. Yeah, but it is a boon time for divorce lawyers, though. (laughs) I think you you really have to be quite an aggressive capitalist to be like a child Mm. divorce lawyer. And you, you have to put a lot of empathy to the side. I'm going to take that child for everything that is got. <laughs> get half of the Duplo. That's child marriage lampooned. Yeah. <laughs> That's somebody's bloody doing it. Well done. Um, I'm bored of the Lord. Yeah, it wasn't a very interesting article. You're bored of the Lord. I'm bored of the, the Lord. Atheist. It's the atheist <laughs> comedy stream. It's such a casual way to turn your back on a religion as well. One day you woke up and went, yeah, I'm bored of this. Are you yeah. bored of the Lord? <laughs> Have you tried Satan? It's a callback, Adam, to our previous show with the superior guest. Is that what Satan, the superior guest? That's what I think of the Holby City guy. He's my Satan, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do we, does anyone else want to talk about anything else? Or are we happy to... <laughs> <laughs> the sign of a very accomplished podcast. Host. Does anyone else want to talk about anything? I think once you've left enough long pauses after premises, a sure sign that the show is coming to a close. Yeah, and not just this episode. Uh, <laughs> uh, so thank you, Adam, for joining us for the, the series finale. Where can our audience see you next? Um, shows are opening back up, aren't they? Yeah. Some shows coming up this weekend um but if they want to see me digitally which is to be honest where i flourish uh, they can go to my instagram handle which is flood haha or they can go to my youtube channel joke boys be sure to check those links out 
audience. That's been reviewed this mother. Yeah. Podcast slash guest edition number five. Possibly. Number five, yeah. I think I think our best one yet. <laughs> <laughs>